Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim, and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So, sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dairy Block, a vibrant, walkable micro-district in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, and urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy Block, a distinctly crafted destination found. Hey, welcome back to AF Fireside. Excited to be keeping it local, uh, Massachusetts, New England local for me today in our episode in our Maker series. I'm excited to talk to Lily Leadham, who runs the ship over at Saltery One in Duxbury, correct? That's right. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're super stoked to have you. Lily was a grade A trooper on our AF Live series that we did, uh, like we were just saying, feels like literally forever ago in the beginning of the pandemic. Really does. I know. Actually, I I had a lot of fun with that AF Live, but I'm a little bit uh, happier to be able to see your face on the other side of the screen and make it more conversational. For sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely an added benefit. But sounds like a lot has changed for you since we last touched base in that AF Live back in probably May of 2020. Can you give a really high overview of what uh, what your brand does and kind of the changes that have happened in the last year or so? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so I think like so many brands, um, we've had to pivot and evolve and adapt to the changing environment, given all of the different circumstances out of our control. We try to control what we can. Um, So the business has actually been going really well, but we have also made some big changes. So at Saltery One, we harvest sea salt from Duxbury Bay, Massachusetts. We make a really high quality culinary sea salt as well as sea salt blends. Um, And we're a team of about 15 people now who do everything from collecting the water, filtering the water, to actually evaporating um, it into sea salt flakes and packaging it so you can enjoy it on your food. Um, I think with a lot of people cooking at home over the past year, um, they've had the chance to explore in the kitchen. And so that has been probably the only silver lining for us is that more people have been trying our salt. Um, So some things have changed the same. We still make the same great product, but we did transform our our brand. We came out with a new brand name, which is Saltery One. And we updated our look and feel so that we connect a little bit more broadly and deeply with our customers um, and make sure we're providing them with uh, what they want, which is a great sea salt experience. Very cool. Um, I would love to talk a little bit about the process of rebranding because you had a, a really strong, really great brand image beforehand. And that doesn't mean that it uh, that it isn't time to change sometimes. And and I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to what the signs, what the signs that you read that said it was time to change and, and kind of how you executed, executed that so seamlessly. 
Sure, absolutely. So it was a really big lift as with all things, you know, behind the scenes, there's so much more work that goes into it than what one would see from the outside, as I'm sure you well know, (laughs) as any brand knows. Um, But Duxbury Saltworks was our original brand name. And that was really a very descriptive location based Um, name. So Duxbury is our location and Saltworks is a place where salt is made. And while that had a very strong presence, it also had multiple limiting factors for our growth. Um, One is having the name of a place in your brand name is self-limiting, not just because it makes it seem like it's only for people in that location, but also just as you grow and need to expand into new markets, um, it's important to have a name that can connect with people in anywhere, really. And that also will give you the benefits in this digital world online where you can have a very strong brand presence. So we had some limiting factors with our old name and we decided to kind of take the bull by the horns, if you will, and say, okay, if we've got a problem we need to deal with, let's really own it and move forward in a way that's going to drive our brand vision forward, connect with our customers near and wide, allow us to really set the stage for large scale growth while making sure we maintain our local roots and our brand values. Um, So that's kind of the high level of the name change. Saltery One, um, we came up with that name because we feel it's a name that embodies a feeling of the brand, not just a description. Saltery is a place where salt is made. One evokes the connection to the sea and the connection we all have, which also ties back into our brand values around valuing nature, connection to one another, the shared experience of eating good food and how wonderful that is. Um, and we are a women owned company and we're proud of that. We're not exclusively, you know, only, it's not like, oh, it's only women. There's several Mm -hmm. men that work for us too, but that's kind of the roots of our brand. And we felt that the sultry word evoked a little bit of that mother nature, feminine energy. Um, so for multiple reasons, we came up with sultry one. It's also a, a trademarked word for us. So That gives a lot of advantages online um, where you can really have a name that nobody else has. There's Mm -hmm. no confusion over, is it Duxbury Salt Works? Is it Duxbury Sea Works? Like there can be, you know, there was some confusion with the old name. So now it's Mm -hmm. Saltery One, we're owning it. I think the transition again behind the scenes felt so huge. but it was received really well by our customers and by the community. And frankly, when we pushed the button metaphorically and actually to change, we thought, you know, is the world going to explode? Is what's going to happen? Is the website going to crash? And you know what? Nothing happened. People kept ordering online. Our customers, our wholesale customers kept ordering and there were some questions, but at the end of the day, we not only have a brand, but we have a really great product. And I think the product speaks for itself. Um, so yeah, that's, those are some of the details. <laughs> I love to hear, uh, l- like you said, you, you, you wouldn't necessarily, a consumer 
would not necessarily know the thought that goes into uh, a process like that. And I, I love to hear um, just to get a snippet of the depth of thought that had to go into that decision. I have to wonder uh, at a personal level, was it a challenge for you for, or, or how did you feel letting go of the old identity? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like if you have kids and you watch them grow up and you think of them one way, like when they were a little baby, but mm -hmm. now they're teenagers. And yeah. so you have a combination of pride. Oh my gosh, it's evolved and they've grown and this is so wonderful, but also like, Oh, remember when they right. were so they little were so and cute. helpless yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so cute. And now it's like this big thing. So that's kind of how I feel about it is it's, it's both a whimsical remember when and a feeling of pride for how much we've accomplished in a very short amount of time and an excitement about all the opportunity that we have in front of us. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So where did, where did this come from? Where, where did the idea for salt, how did you figure out how to do that? <laughs> That's like, if, if you told me to go out to the ocean and harvest salt, I would have absolutely no <laughs> idea where to even begin. I'm, I'm really curious where, where did the idea stem from? Yeah. So, um, it's a great question and I love talking about it. You know, the roots cool. are, Good. are where it really, that's the fire, um, for me. So, yeah, I mean, I've always enjoyed great food as I know a lot of people do, um, I'm always trying to eat more healthfully and just feel better. So, you know, I was kind of already on that journey and I was spending a lot of time down by Duxbury Bay, which is a gorgeous bay um, in Massachusetts, really pristine water environment, tons of oysters that are filtering the water. And I had been swimming and stand up paddle boarding and kind of like tasting that salty spray you get from the ocean and just feeling like, wow, this tastes really good. And the idea just kind of sparked for me. I wonder if I could make sea salt from this body of water. And it was just a question at the time. It was a curiosity. I had no idea it would turn into this at that moment in time, of course. Um, but I went home and I literally Googled, how do you make sea salt? And hmm. I quickly got a five gallon bucket, a little hand pump, my waders, which there's lots of photos of me and the waiters on our website. Cool. Um, and just, you know, went out into the water, pumped some water and experimented in my kitchen. And I did a lot of experimenting. And um, after a while, kind of realized, hey, I can actually make a decent sea salt just right in my own kitchen. Um, fast forward about a year or two. And now we have 5,000 gallon water tanks. We have our own proprietary process with extremely filtered ocean water. Um, but it all started just from a curiosity and a love of good food. So I started making my own salt, just like you might, you know, harvest your own honey mm -hmm. and using it and giving it to my friends and family. And people were like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. And just quickly realized, uh, there was something there, you know, most of the salt you can buy on the shelf or really anywhere is imported. Um, there was actually a really rich history in on the coast of Massachusetts of salt harvesting until the 1800s. There were hundreds of salt works along the coast. Hmm. So what I feel really happy about is the fact that we're actually bringing 
a traditional manufacturing business from this region back into the modern age, creating jobs and creating a culinary sea salt that people love. And that is healthy and delicious and pure instead of imported and mined and dyed with bleaching chemicals, which a lot of salt is. So that's kind of, that's how it started and how it's going. (laughs) That's very cool. Can you speak a little bit to, um, so you said that you have your base sea salts, but you also have some blends, uh, talk diving into the product a little bit. Can you talk through a couple of the, like the culinary offerings that you have. Cause I just want to, I just want to, I'm just going to like go to the website. But yeah. I want to hear you talk. Absolutely. About <laughs> yeah. So um, right now we have eight culinary sea salt seasoning blends. So this whole line of product got started because while we love our classic sea salt, which is just pure sea salt, we started experimenting just for fun. Um, blending the highest quality herbs we can find in with the sea salt. And what has transpired is we have this incredible line of really flavorful seasoning blends, each unique, each sourced through as many organic herbs as we can. Um, And they just really allow your experience of eating to be almost surprising in a great way because we're, we blend anywhere from two to seven different herbs with the sea salt. And it can honestly replace, you know, if you go to the store, you have a recipe and you need five different herbs, it can replace that because they're all infused into the sea salt and you can use it on your meals. You can use it while you're cooking. Um, and one thing we've done that I think is original is instead of calling the blends like the seafood blend or the chicken blend. Um, what we've done is organized our blends into collections and we take inspiration from a theme. So last year, our theme was the seasons. So winter, spring, summer, fall, um, those are the names of our blends. And we took inspiration from like the winter season. So where you have those rich flavors, you think of Thanksgiving and holidays. Um, so we have sage, parsley, rosemary, and thyme in the winter blend. And it literally tastes like the holidays in a jar. Yeah. Um, And then summer was lemon and basil. So it's much fresher, like fresh salads and seafoods. So that's kind of what we've been doing. This year was the compass um, line inspired from the directions. And then next year is elements, which is going to be really cool and have a little bit more of a health focus. So we're going to talk about say turmeric and that's a root and why does that you know give you good benefits and when it's blended in um not only does it taste good but it's good for you yeah it's an awesome opportunity to educate ed for the definitely the the customer for sure um i have to ask so i I know uh i think super wise uh analysis of taking place out of the brand name that being said place is still super important and feels super uh, kind of at the heart of, of what you do. Where do we see, where do we see New England play into that theme? In, in- Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we are Duxbury through and through, you know, it's the quintessential New England coastal town. Hmm. Um, and those are our roots and that's so important to us. The Bay is the source of our product and that will never change. Um, one thing that we're going, I, we like to do, and I think we have a new England vibe to the brand 
is just continue to play off of what's so special about this place um, and really be able to, it's almost a nostalgic feeling for a lot of people. I think the idea of a new England summer um, and that element of the brand is kind of our vibe and we want to keep that always. I don't ever see that changing um, because it's just the essence of who we are. Um, and who the brand is. So I think place remains really important, especially as we go through these times where we're not able to travel as much. We're a little more limited in location. So it's like we've kind of dived deep on where we are, but also want to share that out with people far and wide. Totally. I love, uh, yeah, the nostalgia of the, the coastal summer. I'm yeah. After we after we hit stop on this recording, I'm driving out to the Berkshires first week in October. <laughs> oh. Spent spending a night. Uh, my family has a farm uh, out in the Berkshires, and and that's like the same same flavor of nostalgia, just a little different time, a little different place. But I mean, I can feel it when you just said that. Yeah, I'm like yes, it, that's it really so is just uh, such a special little part of the country. I think um, definitely. So Ducks Duxbury is a town, but Duxbury Bay is also a body of water. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Duxbury is, that, is the town and the ba- Duxbury Bay is the water. Okay. Is that the same, is that the same bay that Rockport is in? It is not. Nope. Okay. No, nope. okay. Duxbury is its own unique bay. Um, it's a small bay with very shallow water and really high tides, meaning like the water comes all the way in and then it flushes all okay. the way out. So it's a really unique aquatic environment that makes it great for more like sailing and paddleboarding and swimming less for like, there's no big boats. There's no, sure. it's not, there's no Marina per se. It's just like, it's a little kind of like a Harbor. Sure. So, so yeah. are you, and, and you meaning Saltery one spending a lot of time, you're, you're filtering water from, from the Bay, but you're not, are you not walking around with PVC buckets on the beach anymore? Not anymore. Okay. So um, that also is its own nostalgia. <laughs> that's its own nostalgia. My arms and my back are thankful that I don't haul buckets back in sure. my rusty old Volvo anymore. But oh, um, so cool. we do have a gorgeous water view. So cool. we have a waterfront facility, which is so lucky because wow. how many people get to have an ocean view? That's almost a job requirement though, right? You, you managed to really make that work for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Very cool. What would you say uh, personally as an entrepreneur has been the hardest part in your growth so far? That's a, a great question. I think that, um, you know, when you kind of have a seed of an idea and when I first started, Um, It was truly a creative outlet and Mm -hmm. it was just pure inspiration and drive and passion and belief um, to get from starting it to actually having a brand and a successful business. I would say through the last year, it's transitioned from that truly creative spirit to wow, we actually have a business and this business needs to be managed. Um, so just figuring out my own personal limitations on business management and then bringing in the right, acknowledging that, and then bringing in the right people to fill in those gaps probably has been the hardest part. 
I've found so many amazing team members, which is great, but it's no longer just Lily's little idea. This is a business with a lot of moving parts and that's exciting, but it's also been challenging to, to keep growing so quickly. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, makes me think of a conversation I had with another brand very early on in the podcast about when you hit that, hit that point in your growth and your process where you have to become comfortable firing yourself from certain things exactly, and, and recognizing well that, uh, this is probably that I, I will be better. My time will be better spent in another area. If I have somebody else absolutely do this thing that maybe I'm not doing a great job at. And that's not to say yep. that that's always, always the catalyst, but cool. Yep, that's well, that's exactly right. It's, it's been a blast to, to watch you guys grow over the last year. Um, I feel even though I am, uh, diehard Western, Western mass, uh, <laughs> person. I still feel a lot of loyalty to you guys out East and I'm really excited to watch you guys, uh, kind of fill out in this, in this new persona that you have and, and keep growing and keep building things. Where, where can people that want to learn more about the brand and stay in touch? Where's the best place for them to follow along? Yeah. Thank you so much. So saltery one.com is our website and we ship product out all over the country and sometimes the world every day. So definitely check it out. We have some cool videos and content on our website and you can order there. Um, And then some exciting news is we are going to be on the shelves at Whole Foods in the Northeast region starting in December. So that's big growth for us. So if you're Mm -hmm. out and about at your local Whole Foods, check the meat counter um, for Saltery One Sea Salt and pick some up there. So Very yeah, cool. that's, yeah, that's funny. Um, you are, uh, we just spoke to bitters lab was our podcast. I last recorded there. Uh, they do, um, like bitter, you know, bit, mixing bitters, yeah, uh, bitters out of yep. Salt Lake. And they also announced that they got into Whole Foods. How funny. Well, and, maybe it's uh, that time of year. <laughs> it's wild. And, and Whole Foods was yeah. my home before AF. I was at Whole Foods for six or seven years beforehand. Really? So, I didn't very, know that. Very familiar cool. with um, what a uh, process that is. <laughs> that yes, is a, it is quite a non-negligible <laughs> process. Uh, so no, congratulations, right. truly, from someone Thank that gets you. it. Congratulations. That's a huge deal. Thank you so uh, much. Yeah. Very, very exciting. One last question before we go. Uh, somebody picks up uh, a sea salt from Saltery One. What is the thing that they absolutely have to try it on? That's a great question. So I think whatever fruit or vegetable is in season, get a piece of it, whether it's a tomato, a cucumber, avocado, um, even berries. And you'll notice how it just transforms the experience of eating something super healthy. It goes from, wow, I'm eating something healthy to, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, So definitely recommend that. Or if you like to eat steak, I mean salt on steak. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> I'm sure that does it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, making me hungry. Time, time to eat. Something yeah, I know me too. I Lunchtime. <laughs> awesome. Lily, thank you so much as always uh, for your wisdom. I have a lot of admiration for you as an entrepreneur and think you are a really cool person. Thanks so much. Back at you. <laughs> thank you. Look forward to seeing you soon. Okay. Sounds awesome. good. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Take care. I'm Lucas Fitz and this is AF Fireside. 
To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dairy Block, a vibrant, walkable micro district in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, and urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy Block, a distinctly crafted destination found 